You are listening to My HR Buzz, brought to you by My HR Concierge. Hosted by Chris Cooley, we'll bring you various topics and guests to shed light on the often confusing world of HR and also employee screening. We'll be putting the human in human resources. I want to thank you for joining us today on My HR Buzz, the podcast. Um, I just want to remind you, you can find us at any of those places that you typically find your podcast, iTunes and so forth. And we always hope that you'll hit that subscribe button just to make sure that um, you always have the most up-to-date news. And, you know, with everything that's going on today, there's a, there's a lot going on. So, you know, definitely hit that subscribe so you can always kind of keep up with that information that we're putting out. And today we want to talk about the um, COVID-19 um, OSHA emergency uh, temporary standard that was put out uh, related to the, the vaccination and testing mandate. Um, I know we've had several podcasts here that uh, talking about that mandate more from a um, an overall perspective, what's required, what's not required, who has to be tested, who doesn't have to be tested, and all those kind of things. And today what we wanted to talk about is what's the legal process for this? Uh, we know that it's been there have been several lawsuits that have been filed. And so really, how does that work? And maybe get an update on where uh, on where it stands today as uh, November the 8th as we record this. And so today we have Wendy Shelton uh, with us, and she's a labor and, empl- and employment attorney with Hippus, Neely, and Galt. And she's been practicing for over 30 years, has has been with us before and done a great job. So uh, we, we uh, wanted her back to kind of walk through this with us. And so, Wendy, we really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. It's nice to be here again. Absolutely. And, you know, as we go through this, I, you know, one of the things that when, when this started coming out and they were talking about this emergency temporary standard, um, you know, what, what the heck is that? Uh, I don't know that anybody had ever heard of that or, or ETS as they say. So what, can you, can you give us a little bit about an, what an ETS is and, and maybe has it ever been used before? Is it common? Just kind of give us just a short background on that. Yes, it's not very common. I have read that OSHA has only used its power to adopt an emergency temporary standard nine times. It it can only do that and bypass the normal notice, comment, normal procedures if OSHA determines that the country's employees are exposed to grave danger from exposure to substances or agents determined to be toxic or physically harmful or from new hazards and that emergency action is necessary to protect the employees from danger, this danger. So it is very rarely used. I don't really recall dealing with one before. Okay, so so it's so this is something. I guess it's a procedural um, way that this mandate can be put out, probably in a in a way that they felt was was t- qu- the quickest way to do it. Uh, I guess and is is what they've done. And um, with the mandate, which obviously requires uh, either vaccination or testing for for employer for employees in those companies that are over a hundred employers, um, I know we've we've you know, related to this mandate, we've, we've had a lot of rhetoric um, from specifically your, your Republican states, as well as some business um, 
associations and so forth about, you know, as soon as this thing drops, uh, we're filing suit. And, uh, you know, the effective date of this was November 5th. And I know there's been some activity, um, you know, around that. So what have, what have we kind of seen so far as far as, um, you know, these lawsuits that supposedly we're going to drop uh, as as promised, they did. Uh, there have been a number of challenges. I believe that the totals up to 26 states that are involved in a challenge. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has issued a stay of the mandate temporarily. The United States has until five o'clock today to respond to the petitions filed, the challenges filed in that particular lawsuit. Okay, so, so, uh, and I know they filed probably in several different circuits, and so the fifth has put a stay on it. So, how does that typically work with when something like this happens? So, we've got the fifth that has put a stay on it. I mean, what does the sixth? I know they filed in the 6th and the 11th as well. I mean, what do those circuits do? Are they just kind of waiting to see what happens here? Do they move forward with cases in their in, in their district? How does that typically work? It's hard to say what will happen there. Uh, they can move forward. They may be watching. It, it's just hard to tell. We may know more after today's over when we see the government's response. Um, they're not required to stop and wait, but they may. Okay. And I guess those suits may be a little different. Maybe they're arguing another point, I guess, could could be happening as well. Could be. Um, so so getting back on this on the Fifth Circuit, um, you know, you mentioned there was a stay. And so tell us kind of exactly does that what does that mean? Does as far as um you know, when I guess the time frame is kind of up in the air when they when they put a stay on that, what what happens? Well, in theory, a stay means that nothing can be enforced or um, is effective until the stay is over. Um, the issue with that and the issue with employers grabbing onto that and saying, oh, I don't have to do anything is that this day could ultimately be determined to be improperly granted to be they may decide they shouldn't have done it themselves and say, oh, everything is goes forward. Um, it's just really hard to say exactly what it means at this point. Okay. And, and so I guess, and there's so much rhetoric out there. Um, I saw um, the, I think it was the Texas attorney general um, put out a tweet or, or something, you know, basically saying we won, um, you know, this is a win. And so I, I know that's so confusing for employers because here they are, they've got this mandate, they have to comply by, you know, effectively, you know, the, it starts December the 5th and, now they're seeing this, this, that there's a stay. They're seeing these attorney generals saying, Hey, we won. This is great. When in fact, really nothing's been decided yet. That's correct, Chris. Nothing's been won at this point other than a, a temporary stay. Um, the court's one line uh, 
order says because the petitions give cause to believe there are grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate, the mandate is hereby stayed pending further action by the court. The court can take any further action it deems appropriate, including saying, oh, we shouldn't have granted the stay, everything is fine, move forward. And this is only effective in the Fifth Circuit at this point. So I don't think um, saying that anyone has won is appropriate at this point. Okay, and that's a good point. I, so when, when you said this only is only for the Fifth Circuit, this case is not a, I, I guess it doesn't mean that this relates to the whole country. It only relates to that circuit. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So only the states that are in the Fifth Circuit. Okay. Yes. I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, and so so they have that stay. They, they've done that. And I guess also, um, let's assume the... Let's assume the states win, then I, I'm sure the, the federal government will appeal. And so it will go to that next step, I would guess, um, which would be, I'm, I'm not sure what that, what's that next level after a circuit court? Well, after the Circuit Court of Appeals would be the United States Supreme Court. And I guess okay. I should back up for a minute, Chris. Okay. There were some, and, and this is um, litigated, I don't know that this is settled either, but there there have been arguments made, and it happened with some of the challenges, I believe, to the ACA. There were opinions given that an, a stay in one circuit stayed the, the everywhere in the country. I don't know that that issue has been absolutely resolved. Um, Historically, that wouldn't be the case, or you wouldn't have all the different circuit courts and all the proceedings pending in the different courts if just one court could stay the mandate for the whole country. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense, but I I do believe that that argument is being made. Um, I have heard mention that this does effectively uh, stay the mandate all over the country, but I think that's yet another legal battle. Okay. No, that that's, that's good. Thank you for that. Um, and so, so essentially this, so this would go to the Supreme court. So if in, in that scenario where the, the state won, um, I guess what happens is that stay remains, I guess, as it kind of goes through that Supreme Court process, assuming it does. Um, is that accurate? Um, well, the court will have to decide whether to, the court is going to hear from um, the government today, presumably by the end of business, and then the court will issue its decision. And should the court say, you know what, we're striking this, it, it's out, then um, it would go up on appeal to the Supreme Court, but, and you're still in the same position. Um, some might argue this means it's not effective all over the country. Others would argue, no, this means it's not effective in these states that are covered by the Fifth Circuit. And still others may say, oh, no, the Fifth Circuit didn't have the authority to do that, so it's still effective. I mean, nothing's really – you're at – you're risking a, a lot if you just ignore it at that point, if you're an employer who is covered by the mandate. Okay. Uh, and, and I think that's a great point because I know 
you know, again, there's so much rhetoric and, and all that. A, a lot of times I think employers may not realize that, you know, you see these tweets, you see these things and um, they hear stay and they think, well, I don't have to do it anymore. And, and I guess we also don't know either to that point um, if, you know, we know the, the, um, the face mask uh, requirement goes in on December the 5th. We know that the testing falls in on January the 4th as far as that requirement. And so we don't even know at this point if these stays and all these kind of things that are going on, how or if that will even affect those deadlines. No, that will be addressed later. So so employers still need to be ready for, you know, with I, I guess I guess today that until something else comes out. Um, to your point, these employers, the best thing to do is just keep going like you're going, assuming a, a December 5th and a, and a January 4th. Um, I believe that's the best practice, Chris. Anything else at this point is um, is risky. There may be a major turnaround in the next few days. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, no, I think I think that's great, uh, great information. And and, and one other uh, quick question I did want to ask as we go through this is, I think another thing that's really confusing to employers is they live in a state and the governor comes out and says, you know what, my gosh, we're not going to allow any, uh, you know, no vaccine mandates. We don't care what the federal government says. We don't care what OSHA says. You know, we there are no vaccine mandates or um, they're coming out and saying, employers, you can't ask about a vaccination status. You can't do it. And then they've got the OSHA, this emergency uh, temporary standard coming out. Theoretically, what it says is, you know what, you, you have to know what that vaccination status is. Um, you know, we're going to have a vaccine mandate of, of or, or, or I guess it's not a mandate because they could decide to test. But right. What, you know, so so how does this work right now with these states? I mean, can these states say that or is that more just rhetoric that's kind of out there that, again, it's just all kind of going to end up being fought out in the courts? Well, I think it will be fought out in the courts. And the only situation I ran across that was at all similar to this one is that in 1905, the United States Supreme Court did hold that the states could require the smallpox vaccine. That's sort of the reverse of what we have going on here. We have the federal government either requiring it or requiring testing, and we have the states or a lot of states saying they they will not. But that is the, the big fight, is whether the federal government's authority is broad enough based on the circumstances we're facing to override the state's rights to decide what they will do. Okay. No, that makes sense. So, and, and you know, it's all this political posturing that makes it so tough on employers because, you know, you really don't know what to do at this point, right? Um, because it's all nebulous other than just kind of stay the course. That is the best thing at this point, I believe, is to keep proceeding as if, you were going to be required to do it. Okay. No, and I think that's good advice. I, I think that's good advice. Um, and, and hopefully everybody does that because, 
you know, we, we have seen in the past when these kind of things come out and employers start making assumptions. And at that point, um, they're not ready, they're not compliant, and they end up with large fines because they didn't comply. And so I, I think, and that's the, that's the advice that, you know, that we, we're, we're giving our, our clients is that, um, you know, stay the course, be ready for December 5th. If something changes, that's okay. But, you know, as of today, stay the course. Um, so I think that's great. So, and I, I really do appreciate you jumping on with us um, and, and going through this. I think this is so important for employers. And I think that's some great information that you've provided, uh, you know, kind of where we are, where we're going forward, and maybe some ways that this can go, can go forward. I'm happy to help and I will be happy to get on another podcast as we get additional information. Thank you. I appreciate that. And again, this is Wendy Shelton with Nippus, Healy and Galt. Um, she's been you know, practicing um, labor and employment law for over 30 years and does a great job. I know she's worked with a lot of our clients and, and really helped them out. And I guess, Wendy, if anybody has any needs and they need to you know, contact you, how would they do that? They can call my office, 601-952-2592, extension 118, or email me at wsheltonlaw at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us today. And and, and I want to thank everybody that listens to the podcast. We do appreciate you, know, you doing that. And, you know, if there are other subjects or, or, or you have questions, you know, as well, feel free to contact us. Um, you can reach me at 855-538-6947, extension 108. Uh, you can email me at podcast at myhrbuzz.com. And again, hit that subscribe button. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns as, as this, uh, this emergency uh, temporary standard moves forward. And uh, make sure you always have the most up-to-date information. And uh, until next time, uh, we look forward to talking with you.